2, it says, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and ca a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be, be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not her plagues. Amen. Turn to a few people and greet them as you are seated this evening. Man, we've been talking about uh, living in the last days and um, uh, specifically here, this instance, we see an actual city of Babylon in really the last days, uh, many days from, from today. Uh, but in the last days, uh, we see this happening here, the, the great city of Babylon falling um, and uh, falling from, for judgment. And, but we still see some people of God here. In the city, meaning that uh, there are still people uh, living for God uh, all the way up until the last days until Jesus arrives. And he's uh, in, in the chronological order of this. He's arriving right just shortly after this text in Revelation 18. And so we, we understand those people that are referencing here are going to be the Jews because we believe that the church is going to be raptured out of here. Uh, so if, uh, if for, for whatever reason you don't make it in the rapture, um, I don't know if you want to try to make it over to Israel or what. I don't know where to if there is a safe place because a, uh, a lot is happening over in Israel in the last days in the tribulation. So I don't really know if there is a safe place. Uh, mountains and caves and islands aren't going to work either. Because that's part of the uh, judgment, so those things will disappear. Uh, but so the best case scenario is we got to make sure we're living right so that we capture, get, get caught away in the rapture uh, of the church and the saints of the Most High God. And then uh, you don't have to worry about uh, what comes after that. Uh, let those people deal with that on their own. And so uh, that's why we uh, believe that the rapture can happen at any time that keeps us uh, humble and keeps us prepared, uh, should keep us to keep our, our, our wicks, our oil, uh, our oil lamps full of oil and our, our wicks are trimmed, ready to go, uh, because if, if the rapture was uh, any other time, then you can almost kind of put a date to it. I know the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour, but if if all of these certain events have to happen and then the rapture happens, well, you can uh, you can almost map things out. You may not get the day right, but you would have the uh, the time frame of when it may happen. But the thing with a pre-tribulation rapture is it can happen at any moment, uh, and so that it behooves the people of God to keep living right and to stay living right because you never know. 
when it actually is going to happen, when that trumpet is going to sound. Uh, and so uh, we got to make sure that we are staying ready uh, for that departure, which is uh, on its way here. Uh, and so we, we kind of were talking about last week how uh, Babylon was, it was invading the, the land of Israel, uh, the, the city of Jerusalem, and, and besieging it. And you, you, we, we wonder how could that even happen. And we f- began to realize that uh, their hearts first were turned away from God. Because if your hearts are turned away, uh, then you personally are not really focused on God and, and his law and his commandments and living uh, according to what he desires. And so if, if your heart is not given to the Lord and his law, then you're not living the way, and that, that most likely is going to mean your household is not going to be following the ways of the Lord. Uh, and so as one heart goes, one household goes, and pretty soon it's a domino effect. The more, ha- the more hearts and more households are not living for God, pretty soon you can have an entire nation uh, of, of Jews, of the people of God, who aren't actually living for God. Uh, and, and therefore, you get to the point where uh, the enemy of God, enemy of the people of God, in this case, uh, the Babylonians, God used, it, it, they are here invading the territory to which they uh, should never have been able to invade. If the people uh, of God were living right and upholding the word of God in their land and, and, re, and, and getting rid of the sin in their life and their land, uh, then there's no way that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar would have been able to make it to Babylon or, or make it to Jerusalem, I believe, because uh, God would have led his people to meet them at the borders or somewhere far from the distant, far from the city of Jerusalem, the, the city where God's name was placed. And so that's going to be the last battlefield. Uh, and so if the people of God were living right, then they would have uh, met uh Nebuchadnezzar far off somewhere and they never would have invaded uh, because God gave them all of that land and he's not going to give it and, and, and let uh, the enemy sneak in and take everything. Uh, the only way that happens is if the people of God are not on guard, are not watchful, not just in the natural sense uh, of the territories, but also uh, spiritually in their hearts and their minds. And again, that's where we've been talking about uh, their hearts were first turned, and that begins the turning of everything else. Uh, and so since God's laws and his word did not live in their hearts, uh, he said, then I'm not welcome here. Uh, why would I stay here if I'm not welcome? If, if these people are not living by my commandments, clearly by their actions, their words, their deeds, that uh, they don't ha- care what I uh, think or what I want, and, and so uh, he said, I, I, I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not going to protect you anymore. Why would I protect you if you're not protecting my name? If you're not fighting for holiness and righteousness, why would I be fighting for you? Uh, and so uh, God gave them plenty of warnings through the prophets to, to repent, uh, to turn from their ways, to turn to God, and, and uh, we know that they didn't uh, heed to those warnings. Uh, you know you're in a you know you're in a bad spot when uh, the people of God kill the prophets of God. 
uh, because they don't like what they're saying. When the kings, the wicked kings, don't like what the prophets, the men of God are saying, uh, they, they, they silence them. And so uh, when truth is being silenced and, and shunned and, and, and discarded, you know you're in a bad situation because truth is the thing that's going to save somebody. Truth is the thing that brings people to an altar and, 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 and realizes that they confess of their situation and uh, their sins and they have to have a turning back to God. And that only happens through truth and revelation. And if truth is being uh, covered up, then how can somebody uh, really uh, adhere to what the word of God says? And so uh, God told them and gave them many warnings to told them to change their ways. And they didn't. So God began to remove his presence, remove his covering uh, removed his glory from out of the temple and therefore out of the Jerus- out of Jerusalem, signifying uh, uh, an actual physical departure uh, of God's presence uh, from that place. Uh, and so we can see these uh, things happening in the book of Ezekiel, where uh, the the prophet Ezekiel uh, sees these things. Uh, Ezekiel 8 and 4, and behold, the glory of God of Israel was there um, uh, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then he said unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. So I lifted mine eyes to the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, uh, this image of jealousy in the entry. And he said, furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest Thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn thee yet again that thou see greater abominations. So while they still had uh, the temple of God uh, 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 built and, and, and uh, uh, erected and, and, and that, those things were happening, uh, they were also doing building other temples to other gods and, and idols and all of these things, and they were committing these uh, uh, grievous abominations in the actual city there, uh, which completely defied the word of God. It, it, it clearly spells it out. You cannot do those things, and so they are in blatant defiance uh, against the very word of God, uh, and so we, we know that where that spirit of defiance is rooted and started in, in Babylon, Babel, where they uh, were going against God's word. And so uh, God is showing Ezekiel here and saying, look at these things, that I, an image of jealousy in the entry of the gate to the city, where all these other um, uh, idols are, are built and, and people are worshiping to. Uh, and so since God did not have their hearts, clearly he did not have their hearts. Otherwise, these things would not be built around uh, the holy city of Jerusalem, and so they've committed abominations in Israel, and even in the temple of God. And so, if he if he is not in your heart, then you're not going to care about his word and what he has to say. Uh, and so, uh, therefore, we see two chapters later, Ezekiel ten and four it says, "Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub, which is the ark of the covenant, the cherub there." 
uh, and that's where the glory of God would come and rest there on the mercy seat. And so the glory went up from the cherub, stood over the threshold of the house, uh, the tabernacle, the temple, and the house was filled with the cloud and the court was full of the brightness of God's glory. Uh, And so uh, here we begin to see the departure uh, of the presence of God uh, uh, here. Uh, obviously, Ezekiel was able to see this, and I, we're not sure if anyone else was, but uh, not that they would even care if they saw it because they had so many other things going on, pursuing all kinds of other stuff. And so if God was not welcome there in the temple because they built other idols, uh, so why would he stay there? Why would God stay in a place where he's not welcome? How many of us would stay in a place where we're not feel welcomed? It doesn't take us half a second to say, well, I'm going to go find, I'll go somewhere else. What do you think about God? If God is not uh, respected and revered and, and not feeling welcome and not made welcome in a place, why would he stick around if we wouldn't do the same? And so uh, if the people who were called by his name gave their hearts to wickedness and to sin and idolatry, uh, the, the spirit of Babylon and all the, the evil spirits that reside there, why would God stay uh, there if their hearts were welcoming other uh, evil spirits and to, to speak into their life? It's amazing how uh, God's a spirit and God speaks to us um, through his spirit and through his word, and uh, sometimes we're, we're hard at hearing uh, that, but yet... Um, the, the evil spirits speak to people, and they're like, okay, yeah, it sounds great. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a witness against people. You're going to listen to an evil spirit, but you won't listen to a good spirit. Uh, and so uh, if people want something bad enough, they don't care what God says about it. And if, if really, uh, if you want it that bad and you don't care about God, God will say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it. And that is, that is the worst place you can be, is desiring something so much that God just kind of lets go of you and says, okay, you can go. You can have it. Uh, it that Paul talks about that in the end of Romans, uh, the first chapter, how God gave them over to these uh, unnatural desires and lust and, 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 and wickedness and all of these things because they, they desired it so much that God says, fine, I'll let you have it. And that is, that is a... That is kind of where we are here at the, the beginning of the fall of Jerusalem is the people of God there wanted everything else so much uh, that they did not care about God. And God finally says, uh, OK, you can have it, uh, but you can have what you want, but it's going to come at a cost. And that cost usually is the removal of God's presence. You can have all that, but you're not going to have God. You can't serve two masters. You cannot serve God and the world. You cannot love God and love mammon at the same time because only one is going to uh, be the, the ruler. Uh, and so God is not going to be fighting for seconds. And if, if we don't want God first in our life, then he'll let something else uh, be first because we want that more than him. Uh, and this is where... Uh, Israel was at this time. And so once God removed his presence, that is when the transfer of power really began to take place. Because when God left, that's when we see Babylon start coming in. And so 
uh, that's really what Israel wanted, right? If they wanted those sins and those gods, they're worshiping to those gods so much, uh, giving their all to those gods, well, why not bring those foreign gods here to your house? And that's basically what happened. Babylon came and says, fine, hey, we're the gods you've been worshiping. Now we're finally here. Uh, we're here in person now, and, and it's never going to end up uh, what you think it's going to be. Uh, and so we, uh, we know that uh, uh, when Babylon showed up, Nebuchadnezzar showed up, that's when uh, destruction and, and, and uh, killings and, and people being uh, taken captive all of these horrific things began to transpire because that was part of the judgment of God that God was using uh, the Babylonians uh, against his own people. And, and so, uh, but really that's what Israel wanted, at least at that time, at least for a while. That's what they were telling God that they wanted through their words and their actions, their deeds. Uh, that was what they were inviting in. And so they didn't make a stand against sin and idolatry and unrighteousness. Uh, they didn't make a stand in their hearts and in their homes, and so then why would they stand when Babylon showed up? And so uh, the things that were done in secret eventually uh, were brought to light, and that applies to everything, good and bad. And so we want all the good to be known, but we want all the bad to be hidden. Well, Jesus says whatever is done in secret is going to be revealed openly, and so we can't just pick and choose. We want all the good stuff to come out and all that bad stuff to stay hidden. Uh, everything will come out. Uh, and so Israel was committing sins in secret and in public and secret uh, in their homes and in their hearts. And finally, God said, I, I see you worshiping Baal uh, and giving your heart to Babylon in secret. And so let's just uh, let's just make manifest what is in your heart, the desires in your heart. Let's just let them come out openly. And so this is uh, how Babylon was able to invade Israel, invade the, the promised land, is because God gave uh, them over to that. And so uh, really uh, when we, we leave God out of things, when we turn from God to, to pursue whatever else it is, it doesn't matter what we're pursuing. If we're pursuing something different than God, it's not going to be good. It doesn't matter how good it seems and appears. Their uh, proverb says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the ends of the ways are, are, are of death. And so uh, every good and perfect gift comes from above. That comes from God. Anything that is good and perfect that we want in our life is only comes from one source, that is God. And so when people turn from God, you're, you're left with everything that is not good. No matter how good it may look, it cannot be good if, it, if you're leaving God to go get it. Uh, because only uh, God has joy and peace and, and, and strength and, and healing and, and deliverance and uh, all of these things, hope and love and grace and mercy, all that comes from God. And if we leave God for something else, there, uh, there's nothing good that is left because everything is derived from this world. Uh, and so, um, and, and that is why uh, when, when people leave uh, the truth, when they leave, uh, when they leave God, when they when they 
pursue other things besides God, uh, it, it makes it so hard for them to come back uh, because they've, they've experienced everything, the goodness, that all, all that God has to offer, and they, uh, they, for whatever reason, they decide to put it down and go pursue something else. Uh, and so obviously only through uh, a deep repentance do people uh, can come back to that, but uh, you got to deal with the part where, where God's, the word of God says that if people do not love truth, uh, God himself will send them a, a strong delusion that they'll be, believe a lie and they will be uh, damned. And so uh, if you're lucky enough to, to make it back, then you are blessed beyond measure because not everybody that leaves the truth ever makes it back. Because you, you leave, you're leaving the goodness, and you're leaving God in pursuit of something else, and there's nothing else good out there. There's no other, there's no other options uh, out there. And so um, uh, that's why when uh, he, Hebrews talks about if we, if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice of sins. After, after you've uh, come to the realization that Jesus is the only way, the only uh, answer, the only sacrifice for our sins, um, and, and if, if we discard him in pursuit of something else, there's, there remains no, no other salvation because Jesus provided the only way. Uh, and if we're not satisfied with that, then we, we that we'll never find another salvation because there is no other salvation. We have to return to Jesus Christ and return to his word and return to the altar. Uh, and there you can find grace for your sins and, and turn your life back to him. Uh, because without Jesus, there's, there is no other option. That is good. Uh, and so uh, Israel was finding this out, um, and they obviously, again, had many warnings uh, of what was coming, but still they were hardened in their hearts, um, and uh, they did not uh, turn to God. And so because uh, we, we love God and we desire God, we should not like Evil. We should hate evil and, and sin and despise and not tolerate these things in our lives, our homes, and our hearts because really that's what it all comes down to. If we don't stand against the evil in our homes and our hearts, then uh, we're not going to stand against Babylon when they physically uh, show up. Uh, and so uh, somebody once said, when the celebration of sin replaces the confession of sin, God removes his presence. When the celebration of sin replaces the confession of sin, God removes his presence. And think about that in 2023, how much they are celebrating sin. And the people that are saying, hey, we need, a, we need to repent, those are the people that are now being targeted to be silenced, uh, to to, to uh, not turn back to God, and so when the celebration of sin replaces the confession, then God's like, "What? What? What else can I do? You know, you're you're celebrating uh, that which I hate." And so, uh, you know, uh, singing and praying, "God bless America," is not going to make Him come back. It's got to be way more than that. 
way much more sacrifice than just these vain words and vain repetition of words that we can nonchalantly say, God bless America. That, uh, why would he look around, um, look at America in 2023. Why would God bless America? We wouldn't bless America. Uh, and so that's how far we, are, we have come as a nation where we are literally uh, aligning ourselves with, with Israel um, in the fall of, of Jerusalem and the fall of Israel. Uh, it's the same, same old story, just different characters in a different time period uh, where sin prevails uh, because people don't stand for sin and they uh, celebrate sin instead of confessing sin. Uh, and so uh, that is how uh, Babylon easily just walked right into uh, the city of God because really God uh, left, he vacated the place, and he left the door open saying, okay, it's your turn. They don't want me here, so you, you can have your turn here. Uh, and so that was where we see that, and we see that uh, in, in Daniel chapter 1 where the beginning of of this kind of story takes place. Uh, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem to besiege it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. So here, the king of Judah, God says, okay, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, you can have the king of Judah. Uh, that's that's how bad it is when God just, just handed over the kings, like, hey, He's, this is this is it. Uh, and so with uh, part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, Nebuchadnezzar's God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And so uh, not only does God just hand over the king of Judah, but he just hands over those uh, the the furniture and the pieces inside uh, the temple that were used that God commanded them to build. This is how you are to build this furniture and these pieces. Uh, and God gave them to Nebuchadnezzar and said, hey, you can take these because they're not being used here properly. Uh, and so if we're not going to use what God has given us properly, then he, he'll just give them to somebody else. And in this case, God gave them to an evil, wicked king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And so... Uh, verse 3, the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and the kings of the king's seed and of his princes, children in whom was no blemish but well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge, understanding science, such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And so... Here we go. We see it right here. Babylon's favorite target is the children. Same old story. We're reading a you know three thousand year old story, and we see it playing out today. We're in the same spot as Israel was uh, here. Uh, Babylon is looking. We want the kids. We don't care so much about the adults. If we can convert the adults, that's fine. But you and I know we are a harder target to convert uh, than kids. Because if you can get the kids at a younger age, you, they don't know anything. And so you begin, as he says, uh, let's get some kids that we can 
teach them the, the tongue of the Chaldeans. Let's teach them uh, uh, our gods and our ways of life and what we approve and what we, what we, we, we idolize and what we uh, uh, think is good. And so uh, that was the target of Babylon is the kids. And so um, uh, we see that happening nowadays, even the more so on the front lines is the battle for our children. And so uh, we, we think, uh, we might think that this kind of just kind of started, but uh, this has been in the works for a long time, long before we probably even realized what was happening. Evil is always planning and scheming in the shadows and, and setting up things uh, like a chess move, uh, waiting patiently for the right time, and uh, then once... Uh, it becomes made known public. Uh, we know that it's really it's really far deep and entrenched when it becomes public, because as we talked about, it's in the already in the hearts and homes of so many people, uh, and uh, we see uh, this happening uh, nowadays. And um, I, I I finished listening to that uh, book that Bishop talked about on Sunday, uh, and if you understand how how deep these the things are in this world nowadays. You should listen to that book. It is really, uh, is really eye-opening uh, of really uh, the depth uh, of of the evil that is out there. Uh, and again, it's all likens. It's all brought back to the Old Testament and all these things. There's nothing new under the sun. There's no new. There's no new evil spirits out there. They're all the same old ones. They're just manifesting themselves now in this time. Why? Because our hearts are not turned towards God, our hearts are turned away from God, and so if we're not, if we as a nation, we as a world are not wanting God and the, the things of God, uh, then there's nothing good left for us to get except evil and darkness and, and sin, and so uh, that is where uh, we really are nowadays, uh, and so the spirit of Babylon, the rebellious, defiant spirit that is contrary to everything that is godly, uh, and so Babylon knew uh, that the time would finally come, um, and the spirits of Babylon knew that uh, because they can see the, the hearts of people turning, and they know it's just a matter of time before it is all made manifest. And so uh, we know uh, that uh, we are at a war, uh, a spiritual warfare that has been going on long before you and I ever showed up. Long before you and I realized what was happening, things have been going on for a long, long time. Uh, and so we, uh, now that we are aware, now that we are a part of it and, and understand what's going on, it doesn't mean that we need to stay on the sidelines anymore, but we need to be actively fighting uh, in this battle. And it first and foremost begins in our own heart, in our own life, in our own home. Uh, that is our battlefront that we need to make sure we are fighting for uh, because if we lose that, then then we're 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 just kind of we're we're disqualified, I guess, if you will, uh, for lack of a better word, we're we're taken out if we can't even guard our own heart and home. Uh, we cannot be effective against the enemy. And so, uh, Matthew eleven and twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. And so. If the enemy will not go down without a fight, if the enemy is that bold, then we have to be just as bold as well. 
uh, when Peter and John healed the lame man at the gate, beautiful, they were whipped and beaten. They, the, the boldness of the enemy there uh, uh, was, was, was right there uh, publicly uh, declaring those things. And so what did the people of God pray for in that time? Uh, they they didn't pray to God, protect us and hide us and, and help us to live a long life. No, they prayed for boldness because if the enemy is going to be bold, then the people of God are going to have to be bold to resist them because there's nobody else to resist the, the, the enemy in the darkness of the world than the people of God who are spirit-filled uh, because we have the only spirit that can defeat them and defy them and bind them and cast them out. And so if we are not the ones to be bold, then really there's nobody else to, to stand there in, in the wait. Uh, and so uh, because of their boldness that they prayed for, they turned their world upside down. And so uh, we, we see how we have to stand up in these last days and uh, uh, stand against sin and, and, and speak the truth regardless of, uh, of, of what the consequences are. And um, you know, right now there's there's a buffer between us and 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 the front lines out there, uh, but other people other people are uh, they're being attacked, uh, especially those who are out there just kind of just. It's not really it's not really debating. They're just uh, we'll just say they're debating the homosexual or the transgender issue. They go around and and de debate that and and just talk about like how it's not even logical and all these things. Just those people, they're not even really talking about the Bible or, or any of that. They're just kind of talking about nat uh, natural uh, ways of things and, 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 and talking about science and, and the way uh, we are as humans. They're just using that logic to, to defy the transgender ideas. And those people are being targeted. And they're, they're being, they got death threats and all kinds of stuff. And there, again, that's the buffer between us and them. Uh, and so uh, we have that buffer of grace at the moment, but if they're coming for them, eventually they'll find, they'll find us, you know. And uh, if they think those people are, are, are standing for, for the truth that they know, they haven't really encountered an apostolic who's sold out, born again, and believing, who's not going to back down and give in to the ways of the world, uh, and so if they think th those are an adversary, wait till they encounter the people of God. Uh, you know, we, we have the spirit of God to, to, to fight back and, and to speak the truth and, and to do uh, whatever it is that God uh, desires of us, uh, but we have to make sure that we are, are ready to do that. And so it's amazing here, even in the midst of all of this, uh, that Babylon is invading uh, Jerusalem, and, you know, people are being slayed and killed, uh, people of God, uh, and, but yet we still see that there are people who actually make it out and are, are actually uh, taken away captive. If, if you're a captive, then obviously uh, you haven't been killed by the sword and you're being carried away. Um, and, and obviously there are many people died, there are many people taken away of captives, and then there were some that survived it all and remained in the land. Uh, but we see, uh, and obviously in the book of Daniel, we see people uh, that were taken away captive 
uh, Daniel and, and being one, obviously, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, them, them obviously were are mentioned by name. But they obviously were not killed. They obviously did not face the sword. And you got to see that even in the midst of destruction and judgment, there still are uh, a people of God that God, it, it appears, God still has his hand upon a select few people. Uh, why? Because I believe that Daniel uh, was living for God, not just in Babylon, but he was one of the few and faithful that were still in Jerusalem, still worshiping God, still praising God, and still living after the commandments of the law. And so God kept his hand upon them uh, because they were, the, they were the, actually the righteous ones. Uh, and so he showed them grace, uh, I guess, uh, you can say that way that they were carried away captive, but we know that God eventually is using them to actually turn the nation of Babylon, at least the heart of Nebuchadnezzar, turn him to God and get him to confess. It took him a little, a little, a few years to get him to confess, but eventually he did confess that there is no other God but the God of Israel. Uh, and so that all happened because who Daniel was and who uh, the man of God that he was. He would not give in to the, to the treats of the enemy. He would not give in and partake of the food uh, that they offered and the king's meat and all of those things. He did not give in to the, the, temps, uh, the temptation of the, uh, of the world to sell out uh, and to learn of all of those things. He he made a stand. He opened up his windows and pray even louder. If they're coming, then they're coming. I'm going to fall into the hands of a gracious God, and we see God using him in a mighty way. Uh, and so uh, it doesn't matter how bad the world turns uh, away from God. We Our part is just to stay faithful to God to, so that we can hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And whatever God's purpose and whatever God's plan is uh, for you and I, we just got to make sure that we don't forsake God because then he'll forsake us. As we see him happening uh, here in Israel and obviously clearly here in America in this world. If you're going to leave God, then, uh, then, you know, good luck out there. There's nothing good out there. Uh, and so uh, we got to make sure we are uh, following uh, what these men, brave men of God did, uh, and that is they, just, they didn't give in, uh, continued living for the Lord. Musicians, if you would come. Uh, and so uh, we see that um, people were taken away captive. Uh, Daniel was, um, in verse 6, we actually see their, their, uh, their Hebrew names. These were among the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, and he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah Shadrach, and unto Mishael Meshach, and unto Azariah Abednego. And so this is another tactic of the world of Babylon, is to rename and redefine things. They will do that in order for to promote their agenda. They change the definition of things to align with what they're promoting and pushing. It doesn't matter if the de definition has been the same definition for thousands of years. Once the spirit of Babylon uh, is uh, invaded and taken over and taken root, 
They begin to, to rename things and, and redefine things, change a few words here and there, so now uh, it, it's something new. And cutting ties with history and meaning, burying the truth and, 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 uncover, and covering up where the real meaning of things are. And so they redefine what marriage means. They'll redefine what gender means now. Now that there's not two genders, there's 74 plus and counting because you can make up any gender now. Because if, if you leave truth behind, then you can, you're, you're now the one in charge and you can say what is right and what is wrong if you uh, are not adhering to the word of God. And so um, uh, they remove those things and change the wording, change the names as they did here back uh, 2,500 years ago, the same old story. Uh, and we see it happening nowadays. And so um, we, uh, we, we see this happening, uh, and so we realize who's actually out there and in charge. And it, it's, it's, it's so illogical that even just common people see the hypocrisy of it. Uh, but yet nothing is done about it. Why? Because... Uh, the spirits of Babylon are are in charge, and they're uh, they're pushing their agenda because they have a a, a plan in mind to do. Uh, and so uh, we see that when when Daniel got to Babylon, he was presented with the best things the the king's meat, the king's wine, and all these things. Uh, and he said uh, to himself, "I'm not going to give in to this." Um, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, compromise to the things of the world. I'm going to hold out and, and continue uh, living my, the best I can for God Almighty. Uh, and so uh, uh, there he is. He stood defiant against those things, and, and God used that boldness that he had to actually help him find even more favor in that. And so what happens is people compromise thinking that they'll get favor with, with the enemy, with the person across the aisle, and say, well, if I compromise, then, then we'll be in good together. But really, that's what a good person is thinking. Uh, the evil person on the other side, they don't care about morality. They don't care about goodness and ethics. Uh, all they want you to do is to compromise, and once you compromise, then they're going to move the line and say, well, now we've got to give more. Now you've got to give more. And so they actually, uh, biblically, the way to get favor uh, with the enemy is to, def to not give in to them. Because God's the one who can give the favor uh, for you in the heart of the enemy, in the eyes of, of Babylon. Uh, and so God's not going to give that favor to somebody who compromises the truth. Because they've already got the benefit that they think they got by compromising, and it's far, far from it. And so uh, we know that um, Daniel purposed in his heart that I'm not going to give in to uh, the, the tactics of Babylon. I'm not going to buy what they're selling. I'm not going to uh, compromise and give in uh, to all of these demands uh, and so that he would not let Babylon defile him because, again, that you compromise, something happens in your heart. You, 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 you open a little door in your heart of compromise. And that's what the enemy's after. If it can get your heart, then it gets your body, gets your mind, and gets your home, gets your kids, and all these things. And so 
compromising is not the way to do it. And so um, if I don't, he, Daniel was saying, if I don't make a stand right now, then Babylon is going to win. If Babylon will own me, they will corrupt my heart. I might as well make a stand right now and draw the line in the sand. I'm not taking a step forward into your ways and your customs that I'm staying, standing my ground and get this over with. If they're going to kill me, they might as well do it now. Kill me now or kill me later. Let's just go ahead and get it over with. Uh, and so uh, that's what uh, Daniel uh, did. And eventually we know the story. He got thrown in the lion's den. I'm sure he saw that coming. Uh, you know, you can't, you got to be blind not to see things like that happening. And again, that's why we're saying uh, if you're not paying attention out there, uh, they're coming this way. They're coming this way. Thankfully, there's a big buffer between us and, and, and the front lines, but they're not going to stop. Uh, they're not going to stop until all the world Every person in the world bows down and confesses to the Antichrist. That's their, that's their end game. Uh, and so obviously we have the technology nowadays where that actually can happen. And we've seen that transpire in this world. So if you stand with me today. And so um, you see Daniel was the same man in Babylon that he was in Israel. He didn't just wake up and say, okay, now's, now that I'm in Babylon, I better start praying. Because somebody like that is not going to make it in Babylon. They're gonna, they'll give in to the compromise, give in to the temptations. Uh, and so uh, right now we have to decide the type of person, the man, the woman that we are going to be right now is the person that we will be whenever the enemy shows up if they ever make it this way. And so we have to start the fight right now, start the stand right now, uh, start standing for truth and praying for boldness and wisdom and knowledge and understanding uh, that God would lead us in these last days because uh, we looking around, you under, you have to realize that the enemy is coming. And it's just, uh, I guess it's about down to the timeline of whether uh, when they make it here, if the rapture has happened or not. Uh, and so uh, Daniel's refusal to conform had to begin back at home, back in Jerusalem, when he knew that they were coming, saying, if they make it here, I'm still not giving in. Babylon breaches Jerusalem, I'm still going to serve God. I'm going to live for God and I'll die for God. Uh, and that's where uh, we have to make up our minds in the here and now, right now, uh, because the way this world is going, uh, if God tarries, they will be here at some point. And so, looking to the men who already faced these spirits, the spirit of Babylon, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we see that God had favor on them because they would not uh, bow, they would not give in to the ways of the world. And so, if, if God chooses to give us favor and to live through it, then that's one thing. If, if we get thrown in the fiery furnace and we don't make it out, guess what? Then we're still walking with the Son of Man anyways, right? But we have to uh, make up our mind uh, right now. Uh, and so uh, Daniel's country changed, but Daniel did not change with it. 
our country has changed and has been changing for so uh, many years, but that doesn't mean we should be going along with the change. We should be staying the same, standing for the principles and, uh, of righteousness and holiness um, and uh, doing what God uh, is calling us to do. And it's, it's sad when you see uh, your beloved nation around you just kind of eroding away. Uh, and you want to do something about it because obviously it's your, it's your homeland, it's your country, it's your place of birth or a uh, place of, 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 of a blessed life. And, uh, and we, do the, we do try in a natural sense to, to ch- change things. And we have uh, elections where uh, that is where the change actually should happen or w- where we have, quote, unquote, the opportunity to make a change. Uh, and so, uh, naturally, that seems to be the best way that we can make the change in, in this world. But we know that uh, the weapons of, of our warfare are not carnal. Uh, and so, no matter what uh, plans we think we can have to help change this world, the only real change that's going to happen is through Jesus Christ and the gospel. Uh, that's the only thing that can change somebody's heart. Uh, you can vote in all the right people, uh, and that doesn't mean things are going to change. Uh, and so eventually uh, the world will be overrun uh, by evil and be uh, run by the Antichrist and the one world government and all of those things. And uh, even still, there will probably be people that are saying, how can, we, how can we stop this and how can we change this? And really... Uh, you have to understand, obviously, the end of the book, the end of the Bible, that this all has to happen anyways because it's really all a part of God's plan. Uh, but still, you, you kind of feel like you've got to do something about it, but eventually it comes to the, there's a tipping point where really there's, there's not much you can really do in the natural realm. There's not much, uh, many more elections that you can, we can vote in that's going to really make a difference because we're still... We're so, it seems so far uh, from turning around, at least uh, from my perspective, it's, it's almost like there's, we've already went off the cliff. Uh, but um, we see that in Isaiah, it says, uh, Isaiah 59 and 14, it says, And judgment is turned away backwards, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. It sounds like today where judgment is backwards, justice is, is nowhere to be found, things are flipped upside down, uh, truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey and the Lord saw it and displeased him that there was no judgment. God is a just God. And he doesn't like when he sees injustice happening and, and, and truth is not prevailing and truth is uh, dying in, in the streets. Uh, God sees this and he is displeased by it in verse 16. And, and God, he saw that there was no man uh, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Uh, therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. It, it gets to the point where evil has corrupted everything, where justice 
is nowhere to be found. Equity is in, can't do anything, and truth is dead in the streets, and there was no man uh, to, to be able to stand and fight uh, uh, and to change this around. There's no no person we can vote in as president to turn all this around. Uh, there's no way. It gets to the point where it really the only way that can happen is if God himself does something. Um, and, and he says his righteousness, it sustained him for he... God put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak and according to their deeds accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries recompense to his enemies uh, to the islands he will repay recompense so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, it gets to the point where uh, no man can stop it. Uh, evil is just overwhelming and, and, and coming in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, and the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. And so eventually this world is going to get so bad that no man can, can turn it around. Nobody can stop it because truth is dying in the streets and justice is turned upside down. And the only salvation, the only way to, to change things is for God himself to come. Righteousness to come and say, I'm going to bring judgment and I'm going to bring justice to those who are in justice. And, and the Redeemer comes to Zion and, and the, the world uh, is uh, fights against God and we see God declaring victory in the end. And so uh, this is not far from us today. But the, end of the, the evil of the world has to build up so much and encompass every every logical way, every natural way that man and elections can try to figure and fix all this. It, it's, it comes to a tipping point where it just it can't be undone, that the only salvation, the only way to correct it is Jesus himself coming uh, with vengeance uh, upon them. And I'm thankful uh, to, to be living in these last days. We know it can be uh, seem... Uh, 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 frightful out there, but God has called each and every one of us to be alive right now in 2023. Why? Because he wants us in the church, standing for righteousness, standing for truth, and God will be there with us. He has called us for this time, for such a time as this, and we need to make sure we're reaching for him more than ever before. We're seeking him more than ever before because he really is the only hope. He really is the only way out of all of this, and so we we got to make sure we are putting him first in our lives, in our hearts, in our homes, and making a stand right now for, for God and for truth. Man, why don't we begin to close our eyes tonight and begin to think on the Lord and saying, God, help me to make up my mind, Lord. Help me to go home and, and push out the things that are not welcome there, God. Distractions or weights or sins. Help us to turn our attention more to you because you are the only way, Jesus. You are the only salvation. There is no other Savior but you. Hallelujah, Jesus. We look to you, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to be on guard. We're going to be watchful. 
We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your truth, God, that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Help us, Lord, to open up your word, God, and to lead us, God, by your word and by your spirit. We give you the praise and glory. We thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. This is an exciting time to be alive, to see so many things transpire and happen. Uh, you know, for the good and the bad, but we can all we can see it all in Scripture, uh, and so God's given us a map for everything. We just got to look and study to show ourselves approved, and we'll 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 see. We'll be able to read the map and read the legend, see everything that's happening, and know that most of all, we need we need Jesus more than anything in our life. Amen, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.